So Luke chapter 8 is a pretty strange story. Uh, Jesus meets a man who is possessed by demons. And for years, this man had not worn clothes or even lived in his own house. He had lived out in the tombs in the ancient equivalent of the graveyard. And Jesus talks to this man, and he asks him his name. And the man says, Legion, because inside of him a legion or large number of demons possessed him. He is terrorized and haunted by these spiritual beings. And then Jesus, with absolute ease, frees this man of all of his demons. The townspeople hear reports about this. They hear about the man, Legion, that they know, and they come to him expecting to find the same man that they had always known, this man who is haunted. But instead, they find him with Jesus, totally in his right mind, dressed and loved by Jesus. But the strange part, the the strange kind of turn in the story is that the town doesn't actually celebrate this. They're afraid. Whoever this Jesus character is, is, he's so powerful that he can tell demons what to do. So they beg Jesus to leave, to get out of town. And as Jesus prepares to leave, this possessed man named Legion begs to go with him. Now, normally in this kind of story, you'd expect Jesus to say, okay, come follow me. Normally what Jesus does is ask people to leave something behind and go with him, but instead Jesus has a completely different mission for Legion. He sends him away. He says, return home and tell how much God has done for you. And then it says that he went back and shared that all Jesus had done for him. Now, centuries before this, in the book of Exodus, something very similar happened. God wants to free his people, the Israelites, from the tyranny and oppression and slavery of Egypt. And so he plagues Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, for not letting his people go. Over and over and over, Moses is sent to Pharaoh, he says, let my people go, and the Pharaoh is having none of it. Plague after plague after plague, and one of those plagues is a plague of locust. And Pharaoh begs Moses to stop the locust, to relent from sending this plague, so God sends the locust into the Red Sea. Just like Jesus had relieved the spiritual plague, so God relieved the physical plague. And Pharaoh's heart is not changed by this at all. It remains absolutely hardened, and he tells Moses to leave his presence, just like the townspeople had asked Jesus to leave their presence. But that's actually not the end of the story. God had worked on behalf of the Israelites. He does free them from slavery in Egypt, but then Moses needs to tell someone. He goes all the way back to Midian, which is where he met his wife, and he goes to speak to his father-in-law, Jethro, and it says, Moses told his father-in-law all that the Lord had done. 
that's a very familiar phrase because that's exactly what Jesus told Legion to do. Go and tell the people all that the Lord has done for you. Today is uh, Vision Sunday at our church. And I just want this idea to be in your mind just kind of throughout this time that we spend today. When the Lord works on behalf of his people, they tell others all that the Lord has done for them. Today, we're going to talk about what the Lord has done for us. In this church, in the past year, right now. Because God is working on behalf of us. He is working on this church right now, and we need to talk about it. We need to share it with others. Now, one of the ways that God has been working is that he's been using us to plant seeds. And I just want to share some of the, the seeds that have planted, have been planted last year. So our college ministry uh, works uh, with something called Let's Start Talking. And each college student involved in Let's Start Talking goes to another country and uses the Bible to teach English and also to start spiritual conversations. And so this past year, the college ministry asked this fantastic question. Why not expand this ministry to reach international students who are already at UT? Right? We don't need to go to other countries to find people to talk to. We're right here. We can reach people right here. And that's how Friends Speak came to be. This is one of the pictures for the training. Um, and this is actually one of the conversations happening live. Um, this is such an incredible ministry, and it actually starts a lot of really amazing conversations. And if you don't know about this, you need to know about this, because this is a seed planted. We don't know what will happen because of conversations where our members and our college students and our youth group sits across the table from someone and talks about the Bible. We don't know what will happen. But we believe deeply that it is a seed planted. Another seed that we planted last summer was uh, VBS. Uh, this stands for Vacation Bible School, for those of you who don't know. And we actually host VBS during the summer outside at a park. And that is not to punish people or to be, to be rude. Um, it's not intended that way. It's intended to actually reach people in our community. So we went out to Peace Park on North Lamar. Uh, we set up this incredible VBS. Laura Kate did, and, and Natalie did a ton of work uh, to set this up. It's an incredible ministry. And on Tuesday night, we, we were supposed to have it three nights, but it rained out the first. On Tuesday night, uh, a, a woman came with her two sons, and she said, I mean, dead serious, she said, can I drop my sons off? We were like, that's very trusting. Uh, it's, we're, you know, we're a church. We're nice. It's nice to meet you. Uh, but we said, yeah, you're, you're welcome to stay with us and, and be here while, uh, while this happens. Don't just drop your kids off for no reason. Um, but we had an incredible time, and the boys were there uh, the, the next night too. And here's the thing. That never would happen in this building. It won't. People are not going to wander into this church when a VBS is happening here. They will be in a park in their neighborhood and see that a children's ministry is going on right there, and they'll say, hey, can I drop my two sons off? That is a seed planted 
last summer, and it was an, an incredible event, and it's coming up uh, this year too. We don't know all that's going to come from that, but we're really excited to see. Another seed planted uh, is something called Brookwood in Georgetown. Now, we've been talking about this a lot because we made a donation, but this is a, this is a nonprofit organization in Georgetown that reaches um, adults with special needs. Now, here's the thing. If you don't know this, it's so important. At 18 years old, um, children with special needs lose access to a lot of really important resources. As soon as they're out of school, it's like a drop-off with no resources left. And this community, Brookwood and Georgetown, is meant to address that. Because it actually treats uh, these adults with the respect they deserve as people made in the image of God. And we've actually had two groups go out there. I think one went last week, but this is a picture from the first week. And I know from talking to the leaders at Brookwood and Georgetown, that they are looking for a church to partner with them to reach adults with special needs in Austin. I wonder what church in Austin could possibly partner with Brookwood in Georgetown. This is a seed planted, and we don't know what's going to come of it. And I know that in the moment, these kinds of visits, they seem really small, but they're so powerful. Um, I actually spent uh, a few weeks going through Bert Croson's history of this church. He, had, he went through a lot of information to kind of figure out all the dates of significance to this church. And this church was built in 1918 in the courtyard right over there until it expanded to fill this whole space. And in this history, he's talking about a letter that uh, a guy wrote about the building of this church. This is in 1918. This man's name is G.H.P. Showalter, okay? He says, a more favorable location could not be found. It is well situated for the attendance of students and others from the state university and for streetcar service, which I love that. For streetcar service. This church, since the building of this church in 1918, has served hundreds of college students. Because someone planted a seed 102 years ago on this property. We do not know what will come of seeds planted, but we do know that God gives the growth. That's what we know. Last year, uh, we did more than plant seeds. We watered a lot of ground with consistent ministries at this church. And this church is defined by these consistent ministries, one of which is all God's children. Now, uh, we, you've probably heard us announce uh, this, this ministry um, a lot, but I just want to focus some time on it this morning to show you just... Uh, just what it means to be a part of it. So each week on Wednesdays, we have volunteer groups uh, throughout this church who prepare a meal for over 50 homeless brothers and sisters in our city. We have a meal together, we say the Lord's Prayer together, and Ben leads us in worship, and we kind of have a conversational Bible study. And this is one of the highlights of my week. Um, I love uh, spending time there and just getting to know 
that little church. And I love what Steve Brothers says every single week. He says, all God's children is not a feed. It's a church with a two-course meal, one for the belly and one for the soul. And I love that because we spend that first 45 minutes eating together, fellowshipping with one, with one another, and then we worship together. We pray and we sing and we study God's word. And you just, you got to come. <laughs> You've got to see what it's like uh, to, to grow in relationships with these fellow Christians of ours because they have deep trust in God. I'm not joking around. I'm not exaggerating. I'm not saying that for effect. Deep trust in God. An unbelievable knowledge of the scriptures. If you want to see me corrected, come to All God's Children. It is amazing. If I leave something out, if I say something wrong, it's going to happen. I'm going to get corrected. Come to Wednesday night and see what All God's Children is like. One of our goals is to see unity amongst the, the communities of this church. And I don't know how to say this another way, but that cannot happen without Sunday morning people becoming Wednesday night people and Wednesday night people becoming Sunday morning people. I don't know another way of saying it, but we've got to see these communities come together. You've got to see what that's like. Um, we also have uh, an incredible uh, kind of weekly ministry of our Bible classes at this church, one of which is our adult Bible class. Now, I know when I say the word class, it comes off as kind of, okay, that's going to be a 45-minute lecture. No, thank you. But if you struggle on Sunday mornings with this, this kind of seems like a, you know, a 20-minute monologue from Mitch, that is a dialogue. If you were there in the, this morning in the adult Bible class, you would see this is about uh, conversations. We, all of our teachers ask questions to see what it's like to live as a Christian in the 21st century. And in some ways, it's informational. The class is meant to learn, but it's also formational. We're talking about right now the spiritual disciplines. We're talking about how to rest, how to actually take Sabbath, how to pray, how to meditate, how to be hospitable. Those are putting your faith into practice, and if you want to know more about that and fellowship with other Christians who want to be faithful to Jesus, just like you, come to that. We have, we have people in there from all ages and stages. We're not going to ask a question and expect you to give the perfect answer. That class is all about how to grow in your discipleship, following Jesus on a day-to-day -day basis. We also have um, our youth ministry, which is more than just uh, the, the Bible class on Sunday morning. It's also uh, on, on uh, what am I, I am thrown off in my slides. Okay. Sometimes it's good to practice these beforehand. Uh, I thought I did, but I need to do it more. So this is Unfold. This is their Sunday morning Bible class, and they're covering the whole story of Scripture. Uh, they did a, a series a while back on kind of the tough passages of the Bible and kind of focused on particular ones. But this is kind of seeing the grand perspective from kind of a 30,000-foot view. And they've actually been uh, doing a mural on, like, in the classroom of these stories um, and, and painting it on there so that, so that by the time they're done with this series, they're going to have the whole story of Scripture on the wall in that room. Um, they also have uh, more than that. They have sanctuary on Wednesday nights. Now, um, again, sometimes we struggle in, with our Bible classes, and we're very informational. 
Uh, we want people to learn a lot, and that's good. Uh, but we also have noticed that a lot of us are exhausted, have a million things uh, in our schedules, and we don't want this to be just another uh, task, another thing to do, another filler in an exhausting schedule. So this time of sanctuary is really aptly titled. It's about uh, the youth group kids coming together and spending time in prayer, fellowship, contemplation, learning how to rest from a very chaotic world. And this is actually something we see in our kids' ministry, too. Um, just kids who, from a very early age, are just exhausted. And so uh, we, they actually have events together, like the, uh, the Family Lake Day, uh, which they all went out to the Thornton's Lake House and just had a fantastic time together. And these kind of events aren't just meant for the, the kids to get to know each other, but for the parents of the kids to get to know each other. If you have a hard time uh, connecting and finding other parents in this church, these kind of events are for you. They're for all families to come together in support of one another. Um, they also know how to have uh, a ton of fun, including uh, uh, the, where is it? Okay, just reflect on this for a second. Um, this is special. Um, I, don't have, I don't have good words for it, but Ben can share, share more about the, what is it called? Bubble soccer. Yeah, you can ask him for more details and who won. Uh, this is uh, also pictures of the service day that our kids went on. Uh, this, was, this was amazing because the kids were actually serving families in our church uh, who had needs in their homes. This wasn't just uh, random strangers. This was actually uh, serving fellow members of this church. Um, another ministry that I want to let you know about, this has been a consistent ministry uh, since 1947, 1947, this church has hosted a women's Bible study on Tuesday mornings, every Tuesday at 1030. And this is about a dozen women at our church meeting together in the activity center downstairs uh, to study God's word. And uh, Deanna Munger is the primary teacher uh, for this class. And she is the real deal. Um, I know about 50% of what I'm talking about. She knows everything. So go to Tuesday. Go to Tuesday Women's Bible Study. It's incredible. Um, and if you just kind of feel nervous, like you don't really know any of the women who are already there, they're so hospitable. They'll, they'll welcome you uh, into, that, into that group. And it's not just a study. Uh, they also put the word into practice as they serve the community. Uh, they do events throughout the year. Uh, to serve together, because it's not just about study, it's also about service. Um, our women's ministry uh, has also sponsored events uh, related to Refresh. Um, th this is when uh, women of all ages and stages in our church come together, a speaker is invited, uh, and they both study God's Word or maybe a faith-based topic, uh, but also get to know each other, because this city is big, and we're spread out all over the place, and sometimes we don't actually get to spend time with each other, and Refresh is about coming together as women, learning how to follow Jesus. Um, another ministry that we have that's kind of a consistent ministry at this church is Mobile Loaves and Fishes. Uh, this is an incredible ministry that's been happening since 2016, and I asked I asked one of the regulars, one of the volunteers who's regularly a part of this to share his experience, and he said this. The college students at our church are the heart and soul of this ministry. On the second and fourth Mondays of each month, 
teams of very busy college students buy the food, prepare the meals, sort the donated clothes and personal items, load the truck, and then serve our homeless neighbors at three or four pre-selected nearby locations. A team of UA members drive the truck for the students, and another group of uh, members provides food, clothes, and personal items. It will bless you to be a part of it. It will bless you to be a part of this ministry. And we, what, what I love about this, this ministry is that it combines different ages and stages serving together. Um, there are college students, UA members, all working together. I, I was looking at this picture for a while, and I couldn't tell who was bossing around who. Uh, but it's got to be someone, right? Uh, I love this because it doesn't matter what, what stage you are in your life, whether you're busy with your schedule at UT, whether you're retired, it doesn't matter. You can serve together with mobiles and fishes. This is something that marks our church. And what I love about all these consistent ministries is that they fulfill our mission, right? They love God by studying his word and diving deeper into scripture, and they love others through service, caring for the homeless in our city. These aren't like arbitrarily chosen ministries. They are meant to serve our mission as a church. This is how we water the ground. We plant seeds, we water, and we wait for God to give the growth. By God's grace, we have seen growth this past year. But before I get into, in, into any of that, I just I want to talk about answered prayers at this church. Um, Allison and I have been praying that the transition from Eddie Sharp uh, to me would go really smoothly because it takes a very generous preacher to hand over a church that they love to someone else. And it also takes a very hospitable church to welcome someone else. And I want, I want to just share from my perspective, this transition could not have gone better. I mean that. It could not have gone better. I've seen the old preacher mistreated and the new preacher mistreated, and I just want you to know that Alice and I's prayers have been answered in the affirmative. Thank you. Thank you for making this process so good. Shoot, I wasn't planning on crying. <laughs> We've also prayed for a lot of sick people at this church. And sometimes God has said yes, and sometimes God has said no. God has been very gracious to show his healing and relief and comfort for Judy Brooks and Richard DeMange and Annalie Danielowski. God has even give, given full healing to Allison's dad. But God has also said no. We have lost wonderful saints at this church. Like Olena Sloan, Bernice Hollifield and Joe McDavid and Fern Delahousie and many others. Many of us have experienced the, the tragedy and the difficulty of God saying no. And I pray 
that God grows us with all of those answered prayers. The prayers that we heard yes and the prayers in which we heard no. Um, but I just want to say at the beginning that that's growth. When we pray and we listen to God's answers, that's growth. In addition to all this other growth. One of the areas that we've seen new life is our children's ministry. Uh, this is JAM. Uh, this is our ministry that Laura Kate uh, and so many volunteers and Natalie and so many more volunteers uh, help work. And this group has doubled in size in the last year. On a regular basis, we have doubled than we expected and than we had in 2018. And... Uh, our, our group of volunteers, which is uh, over 30 people, half of, those, uh, half of that group is new. I mean, that volunteer pool has doubled in a year. Um, and and that, that's all new people. Uh, we also had an incredible children's ministry Christmas party uh, with over 40 people. And uh, I don't have a picture of it in there, but 40 people is like a third of this church, y'all. And that is incredible to have all these families come together. We also had uh, four baptisms, which I'm so excited to show you uh, these pictures. Uh, so first of all, Christy, uh, one of our LFC members, uh, got baptized last year, and Carrie was able to do that. Uh, we had another baptism of Chris Obaye. A lot of y'all know him. Uh, I love I love the after picture uh, just as much. Uh, I, we also uh, got to see the baptism of Corey. Um, if you don't know him, uh, please go and find him and, and welcome him into this church family. Uh, and finally, uh, we had Brittany Smythe, who was baptized uh, last December. And uh, she is now kind of uh, away. She, was, uh, she got baptized right before uh, she graduated and, and moved on from Austin. But all these four baptisms are people being born again. People having new life in Christ and their sins being forgiven. If that doesn't count as growth, I don't know what does. And that happened just last year. Uh, you've probably seen some new faces, too. I didn't want to embarrass them, so I didn't put their pictures up. Uh, but you've probably seen Teresa uh, Mater. Uh, we're so glad that she's a part of this church. I announced last week that we were sad that she was having to move to Bastrop due to circumstances out of her control. But she's back, and we're so happy that she was able to move back to Austin. Um, let's clap for that, because that's good. That's good news. Absolutely. Um, that was totally out of her control, but uh, situations changed and answers uh, were, uh, prayers were answered. Uh, you've probably also seen Lael and Obi Hasty, uh, Stephen and Emily Lawson with their two boys, Max and Eli, as well as Martin and Larissa and their two girls, Alyssa, Sophia, and Arabella. God has brought these new faces, these men and women and kids into our midst, and we hope that we can support and love and encourage them. Uh, we've also seen growth in our college ministry. We've now expanded our internship to five interns uh, throughout the year. Uh, we've seen expansion in our ability to worship when it rains outside, because uh, that somehow happens every single time we do that. Uh, and we've also uh, seen a kind of 
new groups come about for Let's Start Talking. This is the picture from last year, but we have three teams, uh, two going to Brazil and one to Senegal, nine students in total. And this is incredible that they're spending their summers participating in Let's Start Talking. Uh, we've also seen growth in our worship. Um, this was an incredible event in December where we combined LFC and UA to worship together. It was a Christmas service where we all went over to the LFC and worshiped and sang uh, beautiful Christmas songs together, and it was just a fantastic time. Uh, all last year, Ben uh, led us in new songs. We've seen new people participating in worship, and he's done that on the fifth Sundays uh, throughout the year. Uh, but I'd really encourage you to look for some of those practices in the fifth Sundays in our worship uh, because it's just an incredible thing. We've also uh, grown in, uh, in our, ex our expansion of kind of our understanding of the creed. We had a whole sermon series about the Apostles' Creed, and we've included that in our uh, confession of faith. And we also saw incredible generosity in the last few weeks of the year. Uh, we told this church, we wanted to be upfront with you, uh, that we were behind in our budget. And in the last two weeks of December, this church gave $80,000 to cover those deficits. So I just want to thank you for your generosity in responding to that need. Um, we hope that God continues to give growth uh, in 2020. Um, I just want to share some of the plans that our ministers have, and I just want you to know that these plans, we want to totally depend upon God. My prayer is that all these plans are bold enough that they will fail without God's help. I want them to not work if God does not show up. So when I talk about these plans, they're not set in stone, but they're, they're offerings up to God for Him to establish. Uh, one thing to look forward to is the presentation of worship principles. A lot of you may have noticed that we uh, sing in a cappella, and you might wonder why we do that. Ben has been working with all of the ministers of this church and our elders uh, to talk about why we do what we do, uh, to articulate those principles, not just to describe who we are, but who we aspire to be. Uh, so be looking forward to Ben presenting that. We're also going to join in a series of churches that are doing a sermon series called What's After. This, you, you probably noticed this a few years ago. There is a citywide sermon series called Explore God. Did anybody see that? Uh, there were billboards all over the place for it. This is the next version of that. And what this sermon series is all about is what's after life. Uh, this is a question that's not just something Christians care about. I assume this is a question that everybody cares about. Uh, what's after? What's after our lives? What comes after that? And so stay tuned for more information on that series. We're going to make a big push to invite friends and coworkers, family, whoever might be interested. And also be look out on the uh, be on the lookout for the launch of small groups. Now, if you've been here for a while, you, you might be in a small group. You might be in a small group that's been going for a long time. That's fantastic. We do know that our city is expanding, and what that means is it's harder to see each other throughout the week. We might be able to see each other maybe once a week here at church, but if we don't do life together, if we don't care for each other throughout the week, if we don't pray for each other throughout the week, if we don't have fellowship with each other throughout the week, 
we won't be able to experience the depth of what it means to be a church family. So these, these small groups are not about getting everyone to know everyone else. In a church of 150, it's impossible for everyone to know everyone perfectly, but we want everyone to be known by someone. You see the difference there? Everyone cannot know everyone, but everyone can be known by someone. We don't want anyone to become a lifetime stranger at this church. Um, last but not least, I really want you to be looking forward to uh, a new elder selection process. And uh, because I'm talking about that now, I'd like to invite up our elders and their wives just so that we can, we can pray for y'all. So if, if y'all wouldn't mind uh, coming up to the front, I'd like to invite uh, all our elders who are here today uh, to, be, to be up here and so that we can pray for y'all. Uh, but some of you who are, are new to this church, uh, you may not have met all of uh, them yet, uh, but we have leaders of this church uh, who are called to care for your spiritual life, to visit the sick, to grieve with you, uh, to teach with authority and wisdom, and they are stewards over this church, and they want you to know that they are here for you. They want the best for you, they want you to follow Jesus, they want you to worship God, and they want you to follow the lead of the Holy Spirit, but it's very hard to anticipate um, all that you may need. So I wanted to show them to you so that you can see these are the leaders of our church. They want the best for you. I also want you to be uh, praying for discernment regarding new elders. Um, as we enter into that process, uh, we don't just do that as the elders and ministers. We involve our entire church. So be thinking of who the Holy Spirit is calling upon to lead this church. Um, I want to say before I pray for our elders and spouses, when the Lord works on behalf of his people, they tell others all that the Lord has done for them. When the demon-possessed man was freed from those demons by Jesus, he went and told all that Jesus had done for him. When Moses was freed from slavery, he told Jethro all that the Lord had done for him. God is working on this church right now. God is working on this church right now. Amen? The Holy Spirit is leading us and empowering us right now. Amen? We are worshiping Christ here every single Sunday. Amen? That's not something in the past. That's not something we used to do. It is something we are doing right now. There are seeds being planted. The ground is being watered, and God has given growth. So let's continue to pray for God to grow us even more. Let's pray. Father, we love this church. We love you and all that you're doing in our midst. We pray for you to give us wisdom and discernment about all that you would have for this church. We lift up all of these leaders up front here with me today. We pray for the Duffners, the Ali's, the Brooks, the Mungers, the Thorntons. We pray for all of these incredible.
incredible leaders. We pray that you bless them with your Holy Spirit. We pray that you give them wisdom and compassion. Help them to be shepherds and pastors over this flock. We thank you for their service. We thank you for all that they've, uh, that all that you have done through them. And we pray that you would guide us as we search for others that you're calling to help lead this church. We pray all this in Jesus' holy and precious name. Amen.